nurses and hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. What happens when your lawyer embezzles money from you? Well, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the housewife and the hustler. You guessed it, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills housewife, Erica Girardi. Yep, it's totally expensive to be her these days because she's getting sued for $25 million, all because she was married to Tom Girardi, who is being accused of embezzling money from his clients. Can you imagine having a loved one in a plane crash and you sue that company and you get a a great settlement. I mean, it's never gonna bring back your loved one, but at least you have some type of monetary compensation for yourself, and you never get it. But yet, the attorney that helped you out is living in a $30 million mansion, has private planes, and also supports his wife with a $40,000 a month glam squad. On this episode, Dr. Tanya Simmons and I are going to be talking about, you guessed it, the Housewife and the Hustler documentary. We're also going to be talking a little bit about nurse entrepreneurship and humanitarian efforts and all about knowing who you are and trusting your own identity. You won't want to miss this episode. It's a totally fun one. Welcome to Nurses and Hypochondriacs, Dr. Tanya Simmons. So great to have you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here with you guys, and I'm looking forward to today. Awesome. So tell us about yourself. Uh, We met on LinkedIn, which you heard my call. I did. uh, I did. (laughs) Very, very funky, weird, fun episode that everybody (laughs) needs to be alerted to in the world. Yeah. um, Yeah. So go ahead and tell us about yourself. Yeah, well, um, first of all, I really appreciate the invite. I'm super excited to be with you today. Uh, You uh, and on your global platform, I'm excited to be able to talk about uh, what we're going to talk about uh, in just a few minutes, but um, definitely controversial for sure in multiple ways. But my uh, just let everyone know who I am. My name is Dr. Tanya Simmons and I'm from Columbus, Ohio and um, OHIO baby Buckeyes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I am the CEO and founder of Healing for the Nations. Um, we are a humanitarian relief nonprofit organization. We help um, with schools. Uh, we planted a school in Pakistan. We have over a hundred children now and uh, we give them snack through the day. We ed- help educate them. Obviously, you know, the crisis there in multiple developing countries um, is the fact, you know, of trafficking and slavery. Um, if they aren't in school, they actually are uh, recruited to actually build bricks uh, in, in similar to somewhat slavery, modern, modern day slavery. I've seen five and six-year-olds building uh, houses and bricks with um, bricks they create in the hot, hot sun. So what we...
villages, create schools in order to. Oh. Just go ahead. So you you froze for a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. What's okay, you froze for a little bit, and then I stopped it, and I'm just like, oh, she's frozen, but that's okay. So so oh, no. so go off with um, the with the kids building bricks. Yeah, yeah. So they are recruited to obviously help in multiple areas. And so what they're doing is they're taking these young kids who are five and six year olds as early as, early as that age. And they're um, actually um, using them basically to help build homes and, and infrastructuring that I, I've actually seen that they call it the brick, uh, brick, brick clean uh, or brick laying almost like a slavery type of situation. And so these ch young children um, make these bricks by hand and then they lay them in the hot, hot sun. And so dehydration, medical issues, all of that kind of thing are going on amongst, amongst them. So we decided to plant a school and we are, are getting them in off of, uh, off out of that area and uh, basically rescuing them. And we teach them, we got a teacher, we have land there. And the, they're actually being taught English. We give uh, reports on them um, and Urdu as well, of course, their native language. And so who knows, you know, um, what, who and what's going to, you know, but I believe in training and equipping the next generation. It's super important. Not only that, we build water wells. We're partnering into West Africa now, Nepal, uh, some Greece and different areas where, um, and Yemen, where different areas of humanitarian wor work are very much needed. We're looking into going into the Gaza Strip as well for the children uh, there um, because uh, of all the war and ravage that are going on. Um, so we're, we're doing that kind of work. Um, so I also am the CEO and head of Global Empowerment Firm. I'm a keynote speaker. Um, I'm also writing a book. So I'm authoring as well. So I'm quite excited about the unveiling um, the power of your voice. Um, awesome. Yeah, so it's knowing how to release your authority and through the power of your voice. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'm also uh, the USA Country Director for World Voice International, as well as the Country Director for, um, for Positive Thinking. It's a global platform where um, uh, uh, professors, doctors, uh, anyone who believes in the power of positivity uh, can go and have, we have webinars, conferencing, all sorts of different things that we do. Um, so it's quite exciting. I'm super excited about that. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me and the things that I'm doing. And I'm also a healthcare professional, of course, a nurse, uh, I've been a nurse for 27 years. I'm studying my FMP and uh, so, yeah, thank you, girl. Thank you. So doing lots of cool stuff like that, but I'm also a global, global entrepreneur, humanitarian. And, uh, so I just recently got awarded, uh, the global, uh, humanitarian award for 2021. And uh, yeah, thank you. I'm so excited and very humbled and honored, but, um, I'm a, I'm a, oh, and I'm a, I'm a mother of three amazing children. Congrats. <laughs> Um, Hannah is uh, 28 and wow. she is married. I have five grandchildren. They're all girls, by the way. No and way. You look amazing. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. My son is 27. He's an entrepreneur as well. He's doing amazing. Will be a dad in two months. Um, and then I have a little one who just recently got honored uh, for her entrepreneur work uh, by Dr. Carl Wilson, and she will be co-authoring a book. Um, and she is 11. Her name is Miss Ava Grace. So I saw that on your LinkedIn. Congrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank amazing. you. Thank well, you. How did you get started with your, your humanitarian work? Um, yeah, so uh, that's been about 20 years in the making, 20, 20, yeah, about 20 years. Um, and how that all started was at the age of six, I knew I wanted to just help people. I knew I wanted to go into healthcare at the age of six. And so I was, was on that trajectory, graduated high school early, got a, a college scholarship and plugged away and um, got married very young and to my high school sweetheart. And um, five years later, uh, we had two children and he was in a car accident and he passed away at the age of 26 um, from a, a brain injury uh, from a car accident, MVA. And um, so at that point, you know, I understand how your whole world can just change within 30 seconds. And uh, it was devastating. And um, I found myself young, not knowing what to do at 22 with two small children and going through hell. I thank God for a good support system. But, um, you know, I knew I was in nursing school and I just, my children were my purpose. And they were the ones that got me out of the bed in the morning when I didn't feel like getting out of the bed. And um, I just pressed through, you know, some days were harder than others but I graduated uh, with honors. And um, through that time, I knew the power of kindness. I knew I found uh, the power of compassion and love to me is not love if it's not action. So compassion equals love in action. And so I just carried that within my heart for about 20 years. And I knew I, I had a heart to help nations. And, but I thank God for my team because it's not a one man show, it's a team effort. And the people that are around me are absolutely amazing. And they're real, approachable, and they just have a heart to serve. And that's what it's about. That's awesome. So going to these other countries, how did that come about? Yeah, <laughs> you're like, what in the world? <laughs> yeah, that, it'd be, it is very impressive. And it is well, also, I mean, it's not every day that you talk to someone that is building wells in South Africa and is going to Pakistan and starting schools. It's pretty impressive. Um, so how did that all come to be? Yeah, so after that, after my husband passed away, I, I knew it was a pivot point for me. It was basically either stay in the place where I was and basically die emotionally, or what is the new dream? Because that old dream that I thought was going to be for the rest of my life is no more. So 
I was in a real pivot place. And sometimes you find yourself in that pivot place of needing to let go of the old and then what is ahead, what's new ahead. And so I was in that transitional place. So I, uh, I did something very drastic and I moved from where I was with my parents' blessing and everything to Columbus, Ohio with two small children and started developing other areas of my education. And I did that, uh, you know, and so, um, and just moved forward in international work and things of that nature. And I knew that I had a heart to help people. And so that mixed in with international desire and work came together and that's how that was birthed. And so uh, through hard work, uh, good people around me, and uh, I just press forward. And some, like I said, you know, you have a vision on the inside of you and you just, and I had a goal and I had a goal. And so um, there were days I wanted to stop, lay down and don't ever get up again. And then there were other days that I was like, uh, you know, no, that nothing can stop us, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, it's just about perseverance, determination, consistency, and walking it out one day at a time, even when you don't feel like it. Um, and so my children went to private school. I worked three jobs and um, opportunities just started opening up. Uh, I was invited to go to um, Haiti with an American team and a Canadian team, doctors and nurses. We built clinics, we did all that sustainable. My, my heart is for sustainable work. So not just to go there, tip your toe and then go, but to actually build sustainable works in a country where it affects families, communities, and it affects the outcomes of the nation. So that's, that's my heart. And so that's what we're doing. And so um, we'll be going into East, uh, I'm sorry, West Africa. And I was scheduled, to, I just got by, back from Dubai and London a couple of months ago. Wow. And scheduled to go to Africa as well, had plane ticket, everything. And um, I had to cancel cancel it because Kenya is in lockdown. You know, it was in lockdown. Oh, right. So, um, yeah. So I've got a team that wants to go into Kenya. And uh, we're going to look at the educational system. We're going to look at infrastructure, medical needs, those types of things. So that's what we'll be doing. So it, it literally, I took every opportunity that came ahead of me. And I just kept one foot in front of another. And I know that does, doesn't sound so you know, glamorous, um, but it was just in the small, consistent acts behind the scenes that opportunities just started coming uh, to help. Yeah. And that's how it happens. That's a, that's a great point that you bring about, you know, because people, for example, I was working at a clinic, I I work locums and I was sitting next to a very young doctor and I had worked before. I'd worked with her before at another clinic and uh, you know, and I was, I told her, she asked me what I was doing and I was like, Oh yeah. All during COVID I was writing a lot of blogs for companies and her awesome contorted her face contorted. She's like, what? Like she just (laughs) didn't understand. And I kind of went a little gray rock and said, okay, I'm not going to explain it to you because you don't get it. Like, yeah, yeah. We're on a different way. You know, but then she comes to me after and she goes, you know, I'm just not creative, which was sad. And it's Aww. not necessarily true. Everybody's creative. No. 
Right, right. Now I've done a lot of research on creativity, but everybody is creative in so many different realms of their being, you know, yes. and, and yes. it's like just to say that was just very weird. So, um, but with you and, and it's, and kind of like me, I told you my story before we started. I, I think it's like, an amazing story, by the way. You, you, thank you so much. I think your story Fabulous. is amazing. You just have to be open to opportunity and kind of jump and just get a little bit out of your box. Because if you're always with the same people in the same environment, you're not going to learn anything. You know, I you agree. Really have to get out there and explore. And I think a lot more people are doing that. I'm on a lot of Facebook groups. Many nurses are contemplating selling their homes uh, getting into an RV and just traveling and taking that time for themselves and, and doing travel nursing, which I think is an amazing idea. I think so too. And I think because we've been in healthcare for 20 plus years, you and me both, is the fact that, you know, uh, we see the, where healthcare was, where it has been and where it is and where it can potentially go. Exactly. Hats off to all the doctors, the nurses out there that are, you know, on the front lines. We love you all. Um, Kudos and congratulations. I'm serious. Like, yeah understand we get it but um i also think that entrepreneurship is evolving within healthcare more and more and i think because there are different reasons for that which you know i don't know if you want to go into right now or not but um i feel like what you were saying to piggyback off what you just said was creativity tapping into your own creativity learning how to do that and then not being afraid to move forward and press into um, new territory and new domains. Um, you know, it, it can be scary, but you have to overcome that fear to do that for sure. Right. Excellent point. And then pairing things that you wouldn't think would go with healthcare, but definitely does. I mean, when I started on my journey back in 2008, um, you know, I got mocked quite a bit, quite oh, a bit. Yeah. And I just, oh, I did going. too. I yeah. just kept going, you know, cause I really loved what I did and all yeah. the amazing people I was meeting, you know, yeah. and back at where I had worked at the time, it was just not very positive. You know, nobody was empowering me. I wasn't empowered by my leads. They were just very boring doing the same yes. thing over again and not really wanting to teach you anything new or wanting to, uh, bring in anything new. Uh, so I just felt it upon my own to go very, very slowly. And it wasn't until about 2016 that I went full speed ahead with yeah. everything. And Congratulations to that. And I'm so proud of you <laughs> because you didn't get stuck. You didn't get yeah. stuck. Let me just talk, take, if I can. Yeah, yeah. Of your time, but two minutes into this, I want to delve because I got tired of just poking. I, I, I found passion in what I was doing, right? Obviously, we're in healthcare for a reason. We love people. We want to, all, all of that, um, make a difference and impact. But there comes a point in your career where, at least for me, I, I had presented, I got invited to an international conference conference to be a speaker. And I thought, oh, wow, what an opportunity. I was working for prestigious, which I'm not going to say, but, and I love them still. I could go back, but a prestigious top line medical center. Uh, and, and, uh, but 
some of the leadership were for me and some of the other leadership, I think were feeling threatened in some ways. And so therefore that I, cause I said, Hey, we could, we could, you know, uh, push for the university. We could do this and that. And, um, so I got a lot of mixed feedback. That is when I realized I have control of my own destiny. Exactly. I will not be hindered or stopped or pulled back by anyone. And so I had to make a decision. I felt on the inside of me to pivot my career forward and do the things that were really on the inside of my heart and to grow it and to nurture what was on the inside of me. Because I was trying to tell someone else my vision, but here's the deal. No one else carries what you carry. Do you see what I'm saying? It is your vision. It is, it is because, because I didn't have a vision to blog and to do all the things you're doing. You are walking in your creative purpose. You are tapping into your own potential and your own destiny. So I, I was expecting other people to understand my vision when they didn't even get it. Like, how could they get it? It's and, true. Yeah. yeah. And so they're I not had, in your head. They're not in your yeah. head. And, and so, it's the same thing, you know, at first I, I would be a little bit self-conscious of people copying me and some people did yes. try to yes. copy or try to take stuff and they didn't even yes. know what they were doing. But then I stood back and I think I talked to a friend who told me, well, they're not in your head. And it's true, you know, because even with this podcast in the beginning, people were trying to copy it. Yeah, I'm like, well, you know, they're not in my head. They don't know what my episodes are. They don't know where I'm going to get, you know, because I I have a very unique way. Right. And it, but see, only you, only you can be doing what you're doing right now. Exactly. And the way that you do it and how you create it and your mojo, you are you, and there's no one else like you. So that's the power of being unique. So when we tap into the uniqueness of who we are, that is tremendous power. And sometimes people are threatened by that, even family members, friends, because yeah. let me tell you, I lost friends. Oh yeah, so did I. And, and, and yeah, and that's okay, right? That's okay, you realize. So sometimes you just outgrow where you're at, right? And you have to grow into who you're called to be. There's nothing wrong with that. I bless those people, you know, and it's okay. But new people come into your life. New people and, come into your life. Right. And there's a new circle, a new network, and there's new momentum and there's pushing forward. And so that is the process. It's been an up and down process at times, but you just have to realize that, you know, what's happening and why don't take it personally and just keep moving forward into what you're called to do and be. It's an evolving process because every experience can transform you if you embrace it, whether it's a negative experience or a positive experience, you can grow from that. So, yeah. So Very true. Uh, is that where your world voice international power mm-hmm. comes from? Yeah. So world where, voice. And yeah, so talk about that a little bit, how the power yeah. of your voice uh, can change things. Yeah. So, well, first of all, you have to understand that there's authority. Your authority lays within your voice. It's very, very impactful because why do you think people want to silence people who speak up against injustice or people who speak up? If you did not, if you do not speak up, then no one will know. Right. So you're 
authority, what you're doing is very impactful. Your authority lays within your voice. We have choices on how we're going to use our voice. Are we going to use it for good? Are we going to, how are we going to use our voice? If we understand that there is power in our voice, right? Um, creative power. Uh, we see even in clinical studies and even studies that I know that you, you're, you're understanding where you speak over plants or you speak over, you know, different things. And then uh, even uh, I think there was a study on uh, uh, the water or the right. Water. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I forget that it was a Japanese researcher. I forget his name all the time. Everybody always, uh, names him, you know, when they're, when they're talking about this and how powerful that is. It's very powerful. And so we're created to flow in love. We're created to move in the vein of love. We're not created for fear. We're not created to move in fear. And even your very cells respond to both. Like you, you know, all this, I know, you know, all this. (laughs) And so I I've studied all this as well. And so it's absolutely phenomenal, you know, and so not to get too much involved with that, but it it, it actually is part of what we're going to talk about today. Oh, wow. Because like you said, authority lays in your voice and also, you know, really, I mean, we're going to talk about the Tom Girardi and the Erica Girardi case too, but um, you know, there, these are influencers, but so many people in those cases were afraid. We're like, wait a minute, you know, and how this man used his voice. So yeah. this, this really ties in very well. So yeah, it, it's just um, world voice international. Um, I got invited to be a USA country director for this global platform. We have people, we have dignitaries, diplomats, we have um, uh, professors, doctors, we have uh, housewives, we have all sorts of people on this platform. Um, but it's an educational, instructional platform where we do webinars, conferencing all over the world, international. Um, we're about to have an international summit coming up in August where there's keynote speakers from all over the world going to be there talking on diverse subjects from education to, you know, stopping injustice to all sorts of different topics. So I'm excited about that. Um, I'm involved in the planning of that summit. So that's exciting. But, um, you know, every it's important. These things are important to speak on, to talk about, to use our voice wisely and to create a, a difference and an impact for the good. Excellent. That's awesome. Well, I love all the work that you're doing. Super fun. And uh, we're going to have links at the end of the show credits. Yeah. Uh, sure. to my website. Can, yeah. I do transformational life coaching as well. So that's really fun. That's a really cool, fun thing. Um, I love to see people go from point A. We work backwards. I know that might sound funny, but I want to hear their vision. I want to hear where they're, where they're going, what they see. And then I help them get to that point because sometimes people, especially in healthcare, feel stuck in ways. So Uh, let's talk a little bit about that because I've asked people, you know, because I do a lot of uh, similar type of work in with, uh, the storytelling process and um, I do, I do love that coaching, uh, creative I love coaching it. and stuff 
but when I ask people, you know, I also do tarot readings and stuff. So this is how it really started. I got to get to the, to the nitty gritty of where this story was. Like, so one day I was working at a clinic and I told people, you know, I go, I do some shamanism, like cre- I call it creative shamanism. Um, and yes, I once read tarot because they were like, oh my gosh, do you read cards? Do you read cards? So they wanted their cards read. And I was just like, no, no, I, that. I do so much more than that. That's very, very basic. And whenever you go to a card reader, they're just reading your energy, you know, and I go, I can read your energy right now. And so I mm-hmm. read them, you know, because in this work, you do learn how to read people, you know, because mm-hmm. we are all energetic beings, we all emit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and, and so then I asked them, I was like, well, what is it that you want? You know, what do you want to create? What do you want to be in your life? And a mm-hmm. lot of them don't know. You know, or one of them told me Kylie Jenner. So I said, okay, that's great. You want to be <laughs> Kylie Jenner. Okay. Is your mom, who's your mom? Is your mom Chris Jenner? You know, because we know how Kylie Jenner became who she is. You know, she didn't just go out there by herself. She had a lot of people helping her. So if you don't have that background to help you, what else are you going to do to get to where she's at if that's what you want to be? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I totally understand. Where <laughs> and so I, uh, but I, I got my pastoral diploma and, uh, and so people will ask me, you know, for prayer or for, you know, help or counsel or things like that. We work together in that kind of capacity. Now, some people don't, it's not a, sometimes it's not about, it's not about religion or spiritual. Right. I, spiritual. And so I think sometimes, you know, and I, I believe in God and, and I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in all of that. And, and, and we see, and especially what we do in healthcare, you know, healing and, and all of that wholeness as a holistic person, you know, where we're treating their mind, their body, their soul, and their spirit. Right. And I think those things, you have to be very key. You have to you have to be very sensitive to where people are and their journey. And so moving forward and, and, you know, progressing forward, I think sometimes people get stuck here. Yes. They get stuck physically stuck in a a dead end job where they don't see any light ahead or, you know, they've been there for 20 years and they're super comfortable in what they're doing. Right. And they're scared to make that next pivot. They're scared. They don't know how to, and people sometimes desperately want to pursue their dreams, but they feel stuck in a rut. And that is where I like to come in and help them get out of that rut. Right. Stuck in a rut. And also they're so concerned about what everybody's going to think yeah. about them. You know, oh, uh, absolutely. leaving your job. What? Are you going to make this thing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that I got, you know, but I believed in my, the thing that kept me going is I really believed in myself. I believed in, you know, abundance. There's, I, money will come to me. There are different avenues, you know, and, um, you know, our minds are pretty powerful things. They are. And I am so proud of you for taking the step out of that box and doing something different breaking out and breaking the glass ceiling, so to speak, <laughs> and not being afraid to do that. Like kudos to you for sure. Yeah. Because what happens is some people are so afraid that that fear holds them back. Yep. They just, I, I'm telling you, why do you think 
Why do you think this happens? You go into a workplace or an environment, the morale's down. Oh yeah. Talk to the employees and they're like, I hate it here. But it's because the finances that they're getting is is controlling them or they're yes. comfortable. They're comfortable just for the paycheck, right? The paycheck and the benefits, you know, I, I had um, someone who I was counseling and um, yeah, she was working a pretty great job. She was getting these great benefits, you know, but her soul was dying and I could hear it in her voice, which is very interesting that, you know, we're talking about voice. Yeah. Her voice sounded so weak to me. And, And when I had met this person, she was such a strong person. And I had done some work with her and I, I had said, I go, you are a creative person. You need to be doing the entrepreneur stuff. And this is what she was doing before. And she kind of gave it all up for this other life because everybody else in her family was doing it, you know? Yeah, that's it. So so she was like, well, I guess this is, everybody's doing it. So I guess, but, but she was really slowly dying, you know, and I could hear it in her voice. Um, so it, it took her a while to realize it and, and she had to just go on her own journey and figure it out on herself. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that just needs to happen. So it, what you're saying is definitely true. It's it, so it, it, but you have to be willing, they have to be willing to walk yeah. the journey. It's very true. Yeah. Willing to work in the process and, and, um, you know, and, and just understand that, you know, it's, it is a journey and it's transformation. I, I recently just went through something myself and I had two perspectives. I had a perspective that I could look on here or here, right? Almost two different lenses going on. And then one day, this is a, tr- a true story. One day it just hit me and I thought, wait a minute, I've been looking at this situation wrongly. I've been pining and moaning and groaning over this situation, but wait a minute, maybe the good is opposite of the best. Right. And so maybe this had to happen so that the best could be ushered into my life. And I'm going to use the pain that from the situation to, to propel me forward. So you have to lean in and then you have to move forward, right? You have right. to release, move in and move forward. And I'm telling you, once I made that shift, it's a whole new perspective, whole new perspective. Sometimes you just need that little tweaking of the perspective to go, oh, now I see it. Now I get it. I get that. Yeah. And and I think um, what it takes is being just very self-aware and who you are in your identity. That's huge. I I agree. Um, I've been doing a lot of research into DID, dissociative identity disorder, which is very, very common, more common than what we think. And now we're going to see, I think, through the pipeline, a lot more of this coming through. And I saw it in the media with they have a, a, a new show coming out. I think it starts in the fall and it's called like My Avatar Singer or something like that to where um, these there, it, it kind of works as uh, one of those voice shows, you know, where there's a group of judges and there's people performing, except that these people are creating an avatar, a different persona. Oh and then, yeah. So, and then they're performing under that persona. So people do this. I, I mean, um, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. 
Carl Jung talks about the archetypes who we embody. And we all embody that. It's like you yourself, yeah. you're a mother, you're an yeah. entrepreneur. So you have to put on these different hats when you're doing these things. You um, do, but I would caution people to be authentic. Exactly. Parent to who they are and operate from the core of their very being. So what I mean by that is operate from the core of who you are and don't let anyone pull you off of your lane or out of your car, so to speak, because right. that real it can really happen very quickly. It can. And knowing who you are is, is huge, but a lot of huge. people don't know who they are. They don't. Yeah. They're like, who am I? You know, so many people, and this is what I hear. I'm, I'm single. So other people who have been married for a long time or have had children, they get so enmeshed in that lifestyle. They're like, I don't know who I am anymore. Absolutely. You know? And it's, Absolutely. it's really, it is, I feel it's a very simple process of just kind of taking a step back, taking a break, you know, and kind of doing something for yourself. That's either creative or something that you really enjoy doing. And it's when people give up that creative part of themselves, I see them getting into this whole enmeshing yeah I don't know who my I am in identity yeah well that's why you see women um or men in long-term relationships and then they don't know how to function if you know they do get a divorce or they or the other spouse dies or whatever happens and even you can see this in dating yes you know, that, that one person just gets enmeshed, they get enmeshed, they lose their identity. I feel like you have to know who you are. You have to, you know, I, I'd like to, like to say you have to have an element of wholeness, you know, before you can come together, but you know, it's, it's two whole people coming together, not, not two broken people, hopefully. Exactly. When it's two broken people, it becomes (laughs) And then people, what I've seen, and this is a study that I'm doing, I'm actually writing a screenplay about it is if someone, this is where the DID comes in. If they've been in these types of relationships and they get into a new one, they start to see that person in front of them. If they haven't healed their wounds or their traumas or whatever, as that same other person. Absolutely. And um, I've had that happen to me so many times with these men, because men do not go to therapy. Uh, Most men, unless you kind of force them and say, listen, you either go to therapy or it's not working anymore. Uh, And um, and in it, there are ugly, ugly truths that they have to learn and kind of come to grips with that sometimes those wounds or those traumas that were had in relationship were not really... Uh, created there, but they were created somewhere down the line in their childhood, you know? Yep. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? I just recently over the past year, um, I just recently started speaking out about some of the things that I experienced in my childhood, you know, the sexual abuse trauma, uh, not from my parents, my parents were amazing. Um, but some of those things that, you know, happen mm-hmm. and, and, and I've overcome and, you know, worked through uh, a big majority of that. But did it come to a point in my life where I absolutely, you absolutely have to get to the root of issues and not just the symptoms because they will come out. And so we're both healthcare professionals and we understand that if you don't get to the root of a wound, what happens? It starts to get infection. 
festers. It starts to smell. It starts. It's the same thing with emotional wounds. Right. So, yeah. And so, but, but the good thing is that we all have those things, right? Maybe in varying degrees. So there's no judgment. It's a safe place and we can talk about it and it's okay not to be okay. It's not okay not to get help. Right. We need, we all need help. That's why we need community. I need you. You need me. You bring things to the table. I don't have, you know, right. Yeah, you know, and, and vice versa, and vice versa. You right. Know. And so that's why we need each other. You can learn from anyone. Right. You can learn from anybody that comes across your path. Yeah, definitely. And uh and so uh I I I you just keep an open mind, you know, and you have to be open-minded. You don't not so close-minded or small-minded. You need to think big picture and um and, and some people are more detailed oriented than big picture visionary type. Right. People. Um, so, but we all need each other to make an impact. We need the big thinker and we need the detail oriented person. So we all have something very valuable to contribute. Very, very valuable. So. Super true. Very, very powerful. And I, I think this takes us into the topic that we'll talk a little bit about, which is super <laughs> crazy. Um, and yeah. it does have to do with what everything we've talked about as well, because this is a, an eye-opening case for everyone. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, one of the housewives on the show, Erica Girardi, who was married to Tom Girardi, who yeah. was a big-time attorney. Uh, and he's known for the Aaron Brockovich case. Uh, and, and there was, um, I have written down here in my notes about uh, the Aaron Brockovich case. And it was like a $333 million settlement. And uh, they had found that the water was laced with chromium. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I, I think that was, I forget what city that was in, but anyway, uh, crazy case. So it's insane that this man, uh, Tom Girardi, as an attorney, was uh, many of his clients were in crazy cases, okay, uh, where there was this um, plane called uh, the Lion Air, where uh, there were many victims, and he. Uh, was, um, I don't know, he took on their case in court, didn't give them money. There was another guy who got totally burned uh, through a PG&E pipe bomb that exploded his house. Mm -hmm. And uh, he never got his money. Basically what Tom was doing was putting all these huge funds into these private accounts and only giving these people maybe one to $2,000 a month, or some people never got anything at all. Uh, And what he, and and they said, they say that that's highly illegal. According Mm -hmm. to the California bar, you could get disembarred. I mean, you could go to jail. Uh, It's basically fraud. So you you also, do you watch the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? I, you know what, um, talking about reality show, my, my daughter's right in front of me and she's like, I do, I do. <laughs> she, <does. laughs> she just, she just <laughs> the room. <laughs> I have a little shout out for my daughter. I'm so happy and excited for her. She is 11 and her name's Miss Ava Grace. And she just got awarded uh, a recipient 
for the Pink Blazer Award by Dr. Carl Wilson. And uh, as an entrepreneur, um, humanitarian young lady. And so she'll be doing events. She's co-authoring a book at 11. So I'm super excited for her. Uh, that's my little plug. <laughs> Um, but to answer your question, uh, the Beverly Hills, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be very honest in saying I've seen a couple of episodes. I do not initially watch a lot of TV. Uh, I don't, I just don't have time. I don't have time to do that. Um, I, now have I seen episodes? Yes, I have. And I have very mixed emotions on reality TV. <laughs> To begin with so <laughs> right right so but you watched the housewife the housewife and the hustler right which was yeah a, i did oh documentary no i, I loved that it i, was so I good. It. it was good it was, it very, was good. it was very very eye-opening it was very very sad i mean i watched it again last night just to take notes and basically this couple erica girardi and tom girardi they lived in a 30 million dollar mansion here in pasadena california they had uh, two private jets um and as we know from erica girardi and how expensive it is to be her she has a song called it's expensive to be me Eh, eh, eh. that's her song yeah. uh and, and she has a forty thousand dollar a month glam squad you know and she's in many interviews saying how she loves being rich and it sucks being poor she's now being sued for um 25 million dollars i believe because she was saying that she had no clue that her husband was defrauding these poor people that were in these tragic events i mean yeah. tragic you yeah, know really really serious events these are Very serious life-threatening events i mean yeah. some people died and um he was just yeah. like oh whatever i i just gotta go and give my wife some money so that she could become this crazy glam star you know it, it's, mm -hmm. it's absolutely ridiculous you know and and seedy and in the video the reason why these people trusted him this is so sad and this is this is a, a word out to anybody listening this no matter if someone is a doctor a lawyer a politician especially politicians these days uh a nurse you know you gotta think about what is your gut telling you what yeah. is your gut telling you why are you listening to this person and everybody said it was because he was so nice and nobody else was being nice to them yeah. Why do you need other people being nice to you? Why? Why don't you just listen to yourself? Wait a minute. Let me take a minute to sit down, meditate, pray. And what is my internal voice telling me? What is my higher self telling me? Yeah, you know? I agree with that. Because those other people all have other stories that are getting into their subconscious and they're all going to tell you different things, you mm -hmm. know, but yourself is never going to lie to you. I, I, I love how you just put that. That was very, very powerful, actually, what you just said, because people can come to you, whether it's in business, whether it's in media, all, any time, we all have the capacity to wear different masks. And right. We have the capacity. And I say we, because I'm including myself, we all have that capacity to present ourselves in different ways that we're not. And, or, you know, there's, there's been people in business that have approached me. I'd like to connect with you. 
Well, not to yes. me for what I can do or for, for synergistic relationship, but what can you do for me? I'd like to tap into your network, like those types of things. There yes, are yes. agendas, there are hidden motives, there are intentions that aren't clear at first. Right. But within over time, you start to see, to see the real agenda, right? Right, right. So we have to be careful. And I absolutely 100% agree with what you said. We have to tap into our own intuition and listen to our inner heart and gut that when it says, you know, there's a red flag here or something just doesn't feel right. Then it's wrong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I think we need to make sense of that. Now, on the flip side, I just recently heard a really interesting podcast by a real estate mogul. And he was saying that if I had listened to my intuition during the 2008 crash, I would have lost hundreds and hundreds of dollars. He said, so I didn't. He goes, and on purpose, I went against my intuition. I did what I didn't think was going to be possible. I launched out into the deep and that paid off for him. Hold on a second. Is that really intuition? I I think that's a great point. Or is that group speak? Because he was listening to his intuition. He wasn't listening to group speak because group speak was telling you, just like we heard in COVID, be, be afraid, be this, be that, don't yeah. do this, don't do that. You know, yeah. Um, like with COVID, people are like, oh, just do digital dating. Don't go out and date people. <laughs> right. uh, you know, oh, it's hard to start businesses. Oh, everybody's going to. Yes. And this is what we kept hearing. I know several people who actually met each other uh, at parties, like underground COVID parties, and started businesses. Started. I know a couple that started a restaurant in Santa Monica, and they're thriving. That's amazing. That's amazing. They met last summer, started doing pop-ups, and then have a brick and mortar now. That is amazing. You know. So, so is is that really intuition, or is it really group speak? I think that that's an excellent point, but I wanted to make sure that I brought out both sides because, uh, you know, here's the thing. Can you have true happiness without true sadness? Can you have, you know, Dr. Martini, you know, and, and all his, his you know, uh, lecturing and stuff. And um, I, I uh, had a really uh, um, uh, person in my life that, you know, opened up my eyes to both sides of things, you know, the negative and the positive, there's always that balance going on. So, um, but anyways, just to say that, yes, I absolutely agree with that, though, that you do have to tap into your self-awareness and you need to, you need to pay attention to that for sure. Right. So like that, like the, the podcast that you're saying, so he went ahead and made all these business decisions. So tapping into his own intuition and not doing what everybody else was doing. Exactly. Yeah. And he, well, well, at first his intuition said, and he'll say, he would say this, you know, and I thought it was very interesting because I'm moving into some different real estate investments. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm, I'm getting educated in this area, but he said, you know, he said real estate's different because, you know, in 2008, everyone, you know, the crash and oh my goodness and all this. And he said, you know, people were just fleeing real estate left and right. He goes, but I knew that this was the time. Yeah. 
I've also heard too in COVID, even the post-pandemic or pandemic, where we're at right now, you see online that inflation's coming, inflation, inflation, right around the house markets. And so people are starting to to flee, you know, from from real estate, but now's an actually an opportune time in order to to buy. So, you know, you see things, you see these things, it's, it's, you know, you just have to, I think you just have to trust yourself. You have to trust yourself. You have to look at the situation. You have to process it, you know, and it was very unfortunate with these people. It is. What was more unfortunate is that Tom Girardi, people knew what he was doing. This is the ugly thing. They knew that what he was doing, they chose to close their eyes. Even this guy who was in charge of the bar, who was really good friends. He had a lot of good friends in very high places, including Governor Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, because he gave lots of money to Gavin Newsom. Yeah, but but this isn't I now we're gonna expose. So so here's the thing is that's not new. No, but people knew it. I, I mean people, I people know a lot of things. Yeah, and, and they and, choose to either focus on it or not focus on it. You know, that's I, exactly I, right. I and in the bottom uh-huh, go ahead. No, the bottom line is do the right thing. Do the right thing in the right way. Be integral behind the scenes and in for, in front of people, and, and you won't have a problem. But just be honest. I think the bottom line is being honest, transparent, and and you know it, it's okay to be a whistleblower too. But I think that people were held back uh, because of fear in speaking up. I think people were also held back because of close ties, financial agendas, and those types of things. Now. Right. Let- make this disclaimer. I don't know any of these people personally. So all I know is what I've seen on this documentary and what I've seen, you know, in the news and things like that. Now we know how that can be. It can be distorted. It can be twisted as well. So my disclaimer, I don't know any of these people personally, and I don't want to pass judgment on anyone. But from what I've seen on this documentary, uh, it, it, it didn't surprise me. I hate to say that. It wasn't new to me. Uh, it's gone on in every industry in America. Very it's true. Right now, big pharma, healthcare, all sorts of, you know, I mean, we could go on and on. Yeah. Right? And so the bottom line is, um, you know, there are these connections that are made in the legal system for different agendas and different reasons. Um, you know, the judge that, you know, he, you know, was close in friendship. The judge, that's a, that's a huge one because he kept blaming everything on the judge. Well, you know, the judge, he thinks that you're too young and you can't manage your money. Right. And kind of stringing these people along for his own agenda, for his own thing of what he was doing. What's sad to me is that, um, there wasn't one person that spoke up, not that I saw on the documentary. And that's very sad because it shows you how corrupt our legal system can be. Oh, yeah. And but that doesn't come to a shock to anyone. Uh, politically, our system can be very corrupt. Healthcare wise, our system can be corrupt. And the bottom line is when you have a love for money or when you're in greed and operating in those kinds of different avenues, then or and I think sometimes maybe people come to fall in a desperate situation. 
where they want to cover up their tracks or they're trying to, you know, hide what they're doing, right? They know it's wrong internally, but they're trying to hide what they're doing behind the scenes. And maybe he thought, I don't know him personally. I'm just speculating at this point, but maybe he thought, well, I can work it out or I can pay these people back or I can fix it or whatever. I think, I think, I think you bring up a good point. We don't know that. Maybe he thought that I don't, I think you're right. I think that's a great point. I think that maybe he thought somewhere in his mind that he had it all under control, that if he paid them a little bit at a time, you know, and, uh, and everything would be okay. And maybe he did, uh, think he was going to pay them back, but at the same time, he's trying to manage his own and, and where, That's where right. is he going to go first? He's going to take care of himself, you know? That's right. And so, right. And, yeah, I care and, about you, but not that much. <laughs> right. And, 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 and here's the thing. Bottom line is no one's going to care about your pee patch other than you. Not like you. I'm serious. You know, no one's going to care about your pee patch. No one's going to care about your stuff. Exactly. Like you will. Right. And that's, and that's a huge point. And that's where my takeaway with all of this is, is like, you got to take care of yourself. I, I hear so many people. It's like, and I've been in situations too, where I've, I've walked into a con, you know, and, um, and oh, I, grew up, I, oh, I grew too. up Italian. I mean, I remember I got this job and I did see the, fir- the red flags right in the beginning. I was working at the, I was getting, I was going for an interview at the county hospital and I was going to work for a pediatric uh, neurologist. And um, as I'm sitting there, the nurse knew that I was there waiting and she kept me waiting for 45 minutes and never told the doctor that I was there. Okay. So that's a huge red flag. You know, I should have just left. And so he, um, uh, you know, called me and was like, where are you? I'm like, I've been waiting in the lobby, you know, or in the waiting area for 45 minutes now. He goes, well, you should have called me. So right then and there, and I told him, I go, well, your nurse knew. Why didn't she tell you? You know, and and right there, he's gaslighting me off the bat. And so this was, uh, it was a thing of stuff to come and it just went downhill from there but I didn't just you know I I saw a lot of very weird things and a lot of serendipities were happening as well (laughs) yeah 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 I know (laughs) you know which was really crazy like he'd lie to me and then I'd be like that's a stupid like he was a terrible liar terrible liar where one day um I asked Michael can I can I have the day after the fourth of July off and he's like, no, you have to work. And I go, well, are you coming in? He goes, no. And I go, well, that's not fair. And then he goes, um, well, because the day after the 4th of July was a Friday. And then he goes, oh, well, I'm going to a conference, you know? And I go, a conference on the 4th of July? I go, where? On pyrotechnics? And he's like, no, it's a conference on neurology. And I go, really? That just sounds weird. You know? So <laughs> yeah, that, that I mean, he was a couple weird. of years younger than me. And I was like, that's stupid. Why are you lying? <laughs> yeah. you know? like, the weird thing happened on the 4th of July, I went for a bike ride at the LA river and I ran into, I parked in front of this woman and it said on her license plate, pediatric neurology on her license plate. And I was like, Oh, mm. That's interesting. And I get out and it's this woman with pink hair and she was the director of neurology at a children's hospital. And I had worked with her before, you know, and she was the 
this guy that I was working for, this doctor, that was his mentor. That was his person that he, <laughs> isn't that funny? Oh my goodness. Yes. The universe brings all that together. And I was like, hey. And so I was just picking her brain, so to speak, on this guy's personality wow. and how wow. he me and stuff. And wow. um, she said, she goes, well, he was such a great student. And I go, I think he's a sociopath, you know, and he was, uh, he was doing a lot of weird, weird things. Oh, and I, no. I, I sat across from him and I told him, I'm go, I'm going to go talk to your chief. And he was like, go ahead. And he started shaking. So anytime someone shakes in front of you, you know, they're a con artist. So yeah. I, and, and unfortunately, very much like the Tom Girardi case, um, everybody was backing this guy up. Yeah. And that's the thing that that's the thing like, it, you know, but I, I just I recently came across a young lady who she's very, very uh, she has a son and true story. And uh, he actually was wrongly accused, imprisoned. And uh, now, I mean, it's going all the way up to federal court. Wow. And yeah. And so they're about to to go into that situation. But she was a she's a colleague, a friend of mine. And she is fighting. I mean, she she's in the uh, political realm. And she said, let me tell you something, Tanya. And we were sitting there talking. She goes, you have no idea what happens behind closed doors oh, yeah. in multiple areas of this country. Yeah. And even in state level and uh, e- even citywide with the poli- different areas of, oh, yeah. of, you know, things. Now, I think everyone is, you know, involved. But I am saying there are pockets where these things are occurring, cover-ups, um, you know, in, uh, fraudulent investigations, pinning it on other people, you know, the, and, and they have the data and the documentation to prove it. And so uh, she has recently had a big breakthrough in her son's case and reach, I mean, she's relentless. You have to be. You and have let, let, let's talk about, well, not everyone's relentless. It gets exhausting, but. <laughs> mothers, when it comes to motherhood and mothers, we have an innate, I don't know what it is. It is a force to be reckoned with inside us. Most of us that you don't mess with my kids. You know, you don't just mess. Like the, just like the documentary, the book. Absolutely. And, and, and right. They brought him down. Yeah. Right. And it was two mothers that just did not shut up. That's the bottom line. They wouldn't let it go. They were relentless and they would not give up because they knew something wasn't right. Yeah. And when you know something isn't right, it isn't right. I mean, I just, I mean, I've talked about this uh, case a couple of times. I was working at one of the um, shelters for migrant children here in Los Angeles and I got hired by um, a company, uh, a locum tenens company, Barton and Associates, who had no clue what was going on there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I got sent there, and the there was a politician on Twitter. Her name is Hilda Solis, all over Twitter saying how amazing her shelter was. Yes, it looked really nice before the kids got there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very no. much like a camp. It looked really cool before the kids got there. And uh, once you have over 500 children by themselves living at these camps with people who are just volunteers who don't know anything, and then you have this shady healthcare company, not even a healthcare company that um, hired a bunch of these nurse practitioners, it's just 
fiasco. Yeah. Um, but she's all over her Twitter saying all these things. So I did email uh, the office. I had a conversation with the assistant and many other nurses also did the same thing as I did who were working on this project. Now, mm-hmm. and um, did they care? Oh, we'll look into it. You know, and who knows, you know, I I don't know. I know other nurses took it upon themselves to call Department of Child and Family Services to go in there. There were other things done. I myself spoke to a group of humanitarian attorneys uh, that found that this camp was in violation of what's called the Flores Act. And I also Mm -hmm. did some other things, but you got to do it. I mean, come on, we only have one life to live. Do you really think that your life, you were put on planet Earth just to watch Netflix. I mean, not that it's right, a bad, right, right. <laughs> you know, and go to work all day long and just come right. home. No, we are we're we are spiritual warriors. I mean, that's we're right. That's right. So much more. That's right. You know? That's and right. I've and done, I- yeah, I've done so many things personally myself that I've talked about on this podcast that I've made change happen. And I'm I'm like I stand back. I'm like, whoa, that was awesome. We have these amazing superpowers, and now's the time to start using them. <laughs> right. Right. And that, and, and, and you are, and because you obviously you've got a, I see your big microphone here, which is very professional and, and you know, you're using your platform to bring awareness to these key issues, which is very important. Now people don't like typically controversy, but I think that's, and let's get back to that. I think people do. And, 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 like controversy, which is why they watch these shows. And like Correct. in the documentary, everybody wants to w- see Erica go down. Everybody that's wants it. to see her go from glam to sham. That's, that's exactly and right. And I, I said that. Right. And I think that is a shame in and of itself. Exactly. We would rejoice in seeing someone. I mean, she's beautiful. I, I think she's absolutely gorgeous and, and all of that. But I think I don't care how much money you have. I think it's the inner beauty and your inner inner life is going to dictate that, right? I mean, um, I I'm just I saying. Don't like, think Erica is. I mean, she's beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you could tell she's she has a very ugly soul. You know, she does, and yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just going to say that I <laughs> can see it. You know, that I've seen her dissociate. I've seen her shift. You know, on camera, and then she has this alter ego which she does. And it's just like proof is in the pudding, you know? Um, and, yeah. and it, it, it's just like, and, what, and what, things that she had said, it's just, yeah. Very what bothers me about society. Uh, and I'm just going to say this is the fact <laughs> we are, Oh, and wowed by yeah. huge closets of clothes and 500,000 shoes and, and all of that. But at the end of the day, like, what is it that really matters? You know, I, I yes, I, I think uh, obviously money is a benefit. It's a tool and, and that's what it is. And, and uh, do I want to have, pl- you know, my needs met and the wants and all that? Sure, of course. But at the end of the day, and we're healthcare professionals, we can say this. At the end of the day, when you he- lay your head on the pillow and it's your last breath, are you seriously going to be thinking about how many clothes I have and how many shoes are in the closet? No. Yeah, it's so true. No, it's, not. You can't take it with you. I mean, that's you're what, not. That's why the Egyptian and, and, kings and stuff used to build these temples. Right. 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 Remember and, and, watch and, the movie The Jerk? 
<laughs> oh my god i have remember the jerk okay the jerk everybody needs to go watch that movie because it's great because with steve uh, with steve martin and i love that movie there he is he gets picked up by a uh african-american family you know and he, yes. oh and he doesn't see that he's different from them and they tell yeah. him you need to leave you know yeah. um, and, and they they tell him that he's white he's like i'm white i'm different yeah. <laughs> and it's so hilarious but then he goes ahead he becomes this multi-million millionaire yeah. And yeah, then he yeah. loses it all and he's crying and he's like, all I need is this chair. All I need yeah, is yeah. He starts <laughs> grabbing stuff and it's so hilarious. And it's the, that's the funniest part of the movie. Well, it's, I, I love like, that movie. This is all I need, you know? And it came to me with Erica on one of the episodes. She's like, I grabbed the chairs. I grabbed the chairs and I just had to have them. And so she has this new home. And if you look, the chairs don't even match. And it just, it just reminded me of the jerk. I'm like, Erica is the jerk, you know? Well, you know, it, it's just, you know, the, the bottom line is, is that, you know, I, I, I wish I could personally speak to that or know her personally. I mean, um, I, but uh, to, to be more authentic in that kind of communication. Yeah. I'm just I'm just going off of what I see you and I see, made that yeah. correlation yeah. where she was on this episode just pushing these chairs and I was yeah, like no I, I, I would have left them you I, know, know. <laughs> I know I know but the bottom line is is that you just think I mean you let's take them I mean but this is this can be applied to our culture in general I think yeah yeah definitely that. that's what I'm getting at is that you know um why why do we see multimillionaires who are jumping out of windows and still feeling unfulfilled and they have tons of money but they're empty on the inside and and you know what is that uh when we travel to Haiti and and I'm not saying money is bad please hear what I'm saying I I you know I I am a I mean money is a great tool we need it I'm not saying that but when it gets to the point of greed, extortion, yes. fraud, fraudulent activity, um, you know, and, and you understand how people can get in ruts or bad places or whatever, but the what happened to these people who were in serious, serious situations, um, it, they were almost raped again. Yeah, they were raped. Uh, raped again, emotionally, physically, in every capacity. And that's wrong. You know, clearly it's wrong. There is wrong and right. And I think sometimes that needs to be brought forth. And are there gray areas? Sure, I suppose so. Uh, yes, because I, I know that for a fact. I mean, life is not sometimes so clear and cut, right? Um, but at the same time, what that's wrong. It's wrong. And so, uh, you know, when you see that happening, I just, I saw it and I, I just, I felt very bad for them, um, but I am so glad that those two women, yeah, enough fortitude <laughs> and strength, and I think pain is also what propelled them and pushed them forward to really seek out the truth and what was happening and to be a truth seeker and to find out, you know, the, and, and all this came out. 
Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you're doing what's not right, it's going to come out. Of course, always. Yeah. And it, and those people who do seemingly think they get away with it, at the end of the day, are they really in peace, really in peace of heart at the end of the day? Not really. So are they really getting away with it? Yeah, I mean... Tom Girardi. At what cost? Di- at what cost? At the cost of being diagnosed with Alzheimer's for Tom Girardi. <laughs> yeah, and I then mean, you want something to laugh at, but it's like okay, so we keep getting we keep getting much deeper, unfortunately, into this, and um, it gets uglier. So, uh, yeah. but should be interesting to see uh, where this case goes. Right. Uh, and if anybody ever gets any money back to kind of um, support their medical bills at the very least. But yeah, I absolutely hope so for these yeah. people. And, you know, I have no idea in regards to, you know, uh, I uh, what's going to happen. But I do, uh, I, I think it's something that we should look at as a society in regards to, you know, why are we so caught up in reality TV in the first place? Exactly. Why are we attracted to drama? Uh, you know, why do we like to see that? Why? I, I think there would be an interesting study to do uh, with people watching reality TV shows and watching, um, yeah, these type of shows and how are they really living their outside life? Because it's now getting embedded into their subconscious mind. So they're getting programmed, you know, that's right. That's are exactly they having right. more drama on the outside? You know, that's right. And and not only that, but are we so discontent with our own lives that we have to live vicariously through other, like I have yeah. no, and people do, and people do because people are kind of just robotic. Like I told you, about, uh, you know, my coworkers that I had and in, in the physician that I worked with a couple of weeks ago, people just go to work and they come home and they turn on the television and that is their lives. Yeah. Maybe they'll go on a couple of trips and, and stuff, but to really get out there and have an experience, people are, are very sheltered about that. It's hard to do, especially now with COVID that people have been so conditioned just to stay in place. I mean, now there are people doing drastic things going like, I don't like staying in place. I want to have right. an experience. You know? Right, right. Absolutely. And let's create. And I think that's where that create, you know, and collaborate. It's about creation and, uh, and collaboration, not competition. Right. And, and so when we, wealth is created by working together. And so we've seen that in COVID. We've seen that, you know. Yeah. Brick and mortar, they switch to digital space. We work together and we create. But this right here, I, I when I when I uh, heard you talking on this topic, it really interested me because, um, you know, I think the bottom line is if you see something and you know it's not right, then you need to speak up and you need to speak out loud and you don't ha- don't be fearful of s- exposing. Um, and and I think that is why some people, well, we you know don't speak up because they're scared of the repercussions or they scared of, you know, what may happen and, and, you know, the consequences of that. Very true. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. For being on the show and uh, just let us know where people can find you. I mean, like I said before, all information uh, for you will be on our show notes. So absolutely. Absolutely. You can, well, they can go to my website at www.com. 
uh, Tanya, T-A-N-I-A, Simmons.com. Uh, that's my transformational life coaching um, website. I'd love to meet with you, chat with you. We could do a 15-minute uh, strategy call. Um, but other than that, I mean, you can look me up on Facebook, Dr. Tanya Simmons, DM me, and I'd love to connect. I believe in connection, relationship building. Uh, that's super important. So yeah, I, it was awesome. This was so fun. So fun. Thank you again. Till next time, nurses and hypochondriacs. Bye. Thanks for listening to our Nurses and Hypochondriacs podcast. We love your support and we love our listeners. If you have some spare change, go ahead and throw some to us on our Venmo at Nurses and Hypocon. Also, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love that. And if you'd like to be a guest, go ahead and send us an email at nursesandhypochondriacs at gmail.com.